0: And now for our fancy intro.
1: No driving gloves. We're a combination of gearheads. John the Instigator, Derek the Concert, Will the Builder, Sean the Racer, and maybe a guest. Invite you to listen while we sit down, have a drink, and discuss cars. Or subscribe to the podcast No Driving Gloves. time now. It's Tuesday night again. you got the regulars on the show. It's the Big D and the JV.
0: What's going on, John?
1: Yeah, junior varsity over here,
0: isn't it? JVJ though, aren't you John
1: Viviani Junior? No, I'm John Viviani Second. It's JV two.
0: Oh, you're you're one of those fancy guys. The second, yes, John. John I think the intention was the second. Uh, uh,
1: I believe the intention was that my son should be named uh, John Viviani the third.
0: You better get working on that. You're getting kind of old.
1: Well, um, if you had heard the conversation with my uh, therapist today, yeah, I think I'm a little scared of that five o that's coming up here in a few <laughs> months. It kind of got real because the ex-wife hit her her fiftieth over the weekend. Not too bad. See, that's why she's the ex-wife. <laughs> and-
0: Ouch! Ouch! I'm coming. I'm coming up on the big. Uh, the big. Uh, well, I gotta go past three nine first, but then I hit the the four o.
1: Well, I got that bonus year because I thought I was turning 49 last year when I turned 48 or, you know, now I'm into that big four nine and I'm going to embrace 50.
0: Well, wait a second. twenty 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 doesn't really count, does it? Weren't we all like erasing 2020 from history?
1: I kind of like that and kind of said it to somebody else who was turning one of those um, whatever birthdays. Now, granted, if you're turning 21 this year, you might not like that. And if you're turning 25, you especially don't like that because your insurance rates don't go down. Or is that 26? I'm kind of all for not not taking that year. It really doesn't count. Unfortunately, I think on our uh, expiration dates, on our birth certificates, you know, the expiration dates written in invisible ink. But uh, I don't think that's going to apply. So Exactly. Kind of fearful of that turning 50. Kind of where I think some of the topic comes from, because you had one idea and I I said, I kind of wanted to talk the other way.
0: I I mean, I I think our ideas jive. I think it's just, you know, we've got we're first I want to start out by saying I am starting to live up. and, And this goes into tonight's topic because our intro has always said, sit down, have a drink and just I don't remember the exact line, but talk about cars, talk about gearhead stuff, whatever we talk about. I think I might have done this at the beginning of the show and then for some reason got away from it. I don't know why. I'm not a big drinker. You know, I I like a drink every now and then, but I am vowing as of tonight that at each recording of No Driving Gloves, Derek will have a drink. Tonight, it's a Glenlivet 12. Uh, We are not sponsored by Glenlivet yet. If they'd like to, please feel free to reach out. And John, I believe you have a a scotch as well, don't you?
1: Yeah, I've slowly begun to take up experimental drinking again. I quit many, many years ago drinking out of the ter- being terrified of getting a DUI. And that's when I started smoking cigars. And now I'm getting back to slipping into it. And I, I did a, a Balvini uh, 15 this this evening. And to be honest, I had pulled out and I had showed Derek before the show, I almost put, had a Glenn Levitt 12 tonight without any prior conversation. I just had this balvini in a little flask that i have it's a little two ounce flask with a uh, cigar tube on the side and i uh, probably should drink that so that's what i poured instead of out of the bottle
0: we we should stop right there for a moment john because we we do need to say we are a podcast about cars we are talking about alcohol don't mix the two don't do it we're sitting here recording at night we're not going out and driving after this please don't don't drink a drive it is not appropriate
1: I think it goes back when we talked to Farrah last year, you know, we told him we weren't swearing on the podcast and he kind of chuckles and said, how's that working out for you? I don't know if that was a recorded session or if, if that made the final tape or not. I can't remember. We did that and we've recently done this survey and taken a poll of some of our listeners and that and why we've always made it a very family friendly show. We're not going to start cussing and swearing, but. Yeah, we might bring some libations into it and, you know, get a little more risque in our conversations. There's going to be a couple slight changes to No Driving Gloves where there might be a move for the next couple of months to go to a bi-weekly podcast just as our schedules all settle. Mine's finally beginning to schedule, but I'm the biggest hiccup in getting a show out regularly. And it seems to be right now for most of 2021, every other week's working really well, getting the recording sessions going. but we got an interview scheduled for next week. Another one, I need to respond to the guy and get scheduled. One guy has been a car importer, uh, importing JDM cars for the last 20 years or so and just stepped back from the business. Actually, he's now playing in the um, cryptocurrency market. I don't understand cri- cryptocurrency, but don't be surprised if we go somewhere on that because he he's building these massive rigs to do mining. He's not buying, he's actually mining. And then we're working on getting uh, somebody from an auction company onto the show. We're working on getting um,
0: insurance companies,
1: a couple of big guys from the West Coast that host some major podcasts back on the show. We're going to get into that summer where, like we did last year, and not this year. We're not using COVID as the excuse. We're we're reaching out, and I mean, we're getting emailed so things are looking up. I mean, our downloads are great. The listener feedback was great. Um, I forgot to pull, pull a name, but we'll next episode we'll have the uh, gift card and the the winner will have it in his hand by the time, probably by the time this episode comes out. I think this one's going to come out and, you know, on time next week, we're going to get back into the groove. I might invite some listeners on the show to, to kind of guest host some nights and just sit down and have a drink with us. And, bs about cars Derek doesn't that lead into one of the conversations you had about how what this podcast does for you
0: i I think so John I think it does um yeah I, and I think tonight might be a, a pivotal the pre-show was probably a pivotal moment in the show's history at least the pre-show pretexts maybe you know I think tonight's show I think I think we're gonna figure some things out yeah I think all of us I, I, well, all of all the the four that have been hosting the show, I think we're all extremely busy people. Uh, you know, John's got an in tar- in, incredibly tight schedule doing the things he's trying to do. Obviously, we know Will Posey with Big Oak Garage is slammed building pun intended maybe slammed building. Um, all of the hot rods that he builds and doing the, the TV show he's working on. Myself at the Corvette Museum. Obviously, it's, it's a packed schedule of trying to, you know, I, I think people think museums sometimes are, are dull and boring. And that's one thing I will say at the Corvette Museum. We definitely don't keep that. You're going to walk through the museum and see the same things over and over and over. Keep a pretty rigorous schedule of exhibits. And uh, for the last four years, I've been running pretty close to nonstop. I also oversee our facilities department now. And so any major work project my crew is involved in. So it's not always just collections for me. I'm, I'm in the middle of renovating a restaurant. I probably shouldn't have said that on the show, but, and then, well, and then you got Sean, you know, Sean, and I mean, he is running a business that builds simulators. Um, He unfortunately had some bad luck a few months ago with something, you know, I think we talked about it on the show. I know he posted on Facebook that his business got broken into. He lost a lot of hard work and, you know, he's been trying to come back from that. It's the rat race of life. You, You hear that, you know, the rat race. For me, John, yeah, one of the things – it's hard to fit it into the schedule sometimes, but fitting the show into my schedule and, of course, having the kids now and everything that my my wife and I do as well here at the house, it's an hour or so to sit down, to stop running, to enjoy car talk uh, with whoever's on that night, whatever co-hosts are involved – Will, John, Sean – myself and my three personalities or whatever there are and it's a break it's just a break from the running crazy and and trying to do stuff and you know having a sitting down and having a drink never hurts either i think that's one of the big topics
1: we sat down you know just well it was probably right at four years ago because in a couple of months we'll celebrate our four-year anniversary of the show all of our lives have changed you know that's inevitable and i think it's part of the nature of who we all are we don't sit we don't sit and become complacent i mean you've gained two children in your family you've settled into your job and you know unfortunately gained more and more responsibility as that job's went on and nothing's been taken away from you and when we talked to will he you know he was building a few cars a year and i mean making a name for himself and guess what in these 4 years he's made a name for himself and you know, the TV show comes along. And like he said, he's running a shop at the studios and he's running a shop at home. We invited Sean to join the show, or I invited Sean to join the show because I knew the schedules that Derek and Will were facing. And Sean's been a valuable asset. He's slipped in and filled in when there was no nobody else. He's brought some great interviews to the show. He's provided some interesting insight and he provides a racing dynamic that us 3 really don't offer. You know, he was building a business and that business, never mind the break in which was kind of a setback for a lot of IP and stuff, that business is taking off and it's amazing, it's amazing the amount of money in the economy because Sean's not Sean's selling a nice toy and it's not a cheap cheap toy <laughs> and they're struggling to keep up with orders. Mm-hmm. So that's why we haven't heard from him in a couple of months and and then of course since I came up with this whole idea. My podcasting thing has exploded with a podcast business, and I edit a couple of shows, and No Driving Gloves isn't the only show I do. You know, I'm doing a cigar show. I'm doing a small business show. Um, there's a couple others in the mix there. You know, I stepped away from, quote, a regular nine-to-five, even though it was a seven-to-four you know, job that was five days a week to something now that has a completely fluid and, schedule and, you know, unknown incomes and stresses. And I've got my little goal book and I've got certain goals I want to achieve by certain dates and no driving gloves. As I tell people, was started as an experiment, as a fun thing and as a hobby. Zara reminds me very often that it is a hobby and everybody came into this as a hobby. And I sometimes I forget that and my co-hosts pay for it. I, I even snapped at Derek earlier in a text
0: like I said, the pre-show text is pivotal tonight,
1: but we do realize we do enjoy sitting down and bsing about cars. I mean, that's what we all do. So I mean, there's a lot of whining in this first whatever five minutes of this show, ten minutes of this show, but fifteen th- that's what this um that's what this show's about, and that's have fun and be, be a break, talk about cars. I think we're going to talk a little bit more about taking that break and uh, the relaxation this show brings because you know Derek brought, brought up an idea, hey, you know, let's talk about how cars re- are a way to get away and to relax. And I said to him, I'm on the kind of the same, same wavelength because I was thinking about an RV show, talking about RVs. I've been really looking at, said to somebody the other day, 15 years ago the cool thing was to retire and buy a vineyard. Now now it's kind of cool to retire and buy an RV. And I've had certain goals in my life. And as we talked earlier about my fear of turning 50, I'm getting really close to some of those goals and I'm reevaluating some things. And yeah, it might not be a, an interesting way. And with a business that can be taken online as my podcasting thing, yeah, it might be something I want to try for a while. If any of you have an RV, you would like to rent me for a week, um, <laughs> please reach out.
0: I'm sure there's there, there's companies that do that. They just have big advertising plaster on the side.
1: Yeah, but but we're we're going to promote you in your personal RV rental business or something, and ah, maybe I can get it for less okay. than. There, there's one way I want to go in that I would like to travel in it for a week. There's just another way I'd like to go, and I'd like to live in it for a week. So let's work out yeah. something. I really don't want to pay six hundred and fifty dollars to park your RV in my driveway for a week. I might pay you $300 to park it in your driveway for a week.
0: So many things are coming to mind, so many movie quotes, and I can't say hardly any of them because of the language.
1: I was going to say like Chevy Chase's brother in um, Christmas Vacation. That's, uh, that's the exactly the one I was
0: thinking. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's exactly that. And, uh, you know, uh, John, even in the, in the pre-show, we were talking, and I think this is a great show because I don't think any of our listeners don't experience stress in their life everybody that listens. I mean, I'm sure we have some retired folks that listen and are just kind of playing with cars and doing their thing. And that's awesome. But I, I'm sure they still have stress in their life. You know, I mean, retired people have a lot on their minds as well. I mean, I think it's a great show to talk about what do we do to relieve stress in our lives, especially as car car people, you know, as, as folks that just enjoy cars and uh, it's across the board. You know, yeah, I'm an antique car guy. I'm a, you know, a early car guy, whatever you want to call it even though my collection comes up into the 60s. You know, and and one of the things I said was I was actually thinking about this over this past weekend. So this was just kind of a fitting show to fall into tonight. You know, I was I was mowing lawn. So here in Kentucky, it's, you know, in the 70s now, the lawn's going crazy. So first cut of the year. I enjoy cutting lawn. It, it's I enjoy just getting on the the tractor and riding around and and cutting the lawn. It's it's somewhat stress relieving for me. It gives me time to think. And one of the things I was thinking about was what is causing me the anxiety and stress in my life, both at work and at home. And one of those things was that you know I've got six cars now. Unfortunately, right now, one of them is roadworthy, and five are not.
1: That was something I always said, you know, at one point in time, the maximum my car collection got to was 13. And it sounds cool for those of you who've never owned 13 <laughs> cars, own six cars. <laughs> there's a lot of work to keeping everything yes. running. Um, there, was, there was a joke at one time among my uh, ex-wife's, here uh, you know, she co- uh, comes up again in the show, but uh, her co-workers that we were the year Euro white trash because I had so many broken cars in the driveway, but they were sobs and... You know newer Sobs and Lotus. You know it was European nice cars that weren't running in the driveway, as opposed to you know, for you go back to my high school seventy four Novas up on blocks, which I guess don't doesn't happen now. Are we are we? I guess now now we're talking about um, what would that be? i'm trying uh, to think i, I want to say here. berettas but berettas are almost too old hey, See, berettas man. up on blocks hey, hey, <laughs> and hey, i'm not personally picking out things to jab at Derek, but it seems to be it, it's just be like, one of those it'd
0: be like a fox bodied mustang on blocks okay
1: well Beretta's is the same era as a fox body mustang
0: yeah but and, berettas you know, are cool
1: it would be like a an n95 mustang which is the mustangs that follow the fox bodies Ugh. those those up on blogs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But Berettas are cool. Just remember that.
1: yeah um, like i said we've seen some move for some surprising money. I mean more than a thousand dollars.
0: But yeah, I just saw something about an indie one of the indie pace car editions going for stupid like I'm talking five figures. Like that's stupid money for a Beretta.
1: It's just uh you know it's it's cars. And I've said before it's one It's. I got burned out on cars 15 years ago, and that's why I went into historical conservation. Part of the reason for my departure from Barber's is I got tired of working on cars, and they didn't want to give me the opportunity to do something slightly away from cars. I like being around them. I just got tired of working on them because you don't want to go home and work on them. And I've said recently on the show that I'm just about to that point where I'll work on them again. For listeners that are hanging on the edge of their seats, I did turn down that automatic uh, CRX DX that I talked about a couple episodes ago. Mm. I'm just not quite ready to take on a project right now. There's just too much going on, on my li- in my life. And to rent another storage stall or storage building, I don't want to do. So somebody else, if somebody else wants to contact me, I believe the car is still available. Just come get it. This being said, early April, 2021, (laughs) no emails in 2026, please. Yeah,
0: please. And when you're (laughs) listening to this in five years,
1: but yeah, I mean, it's, it's where
0: that's kind of exactly where I was going with it, John. You know, I'm I'm just, it's anxiety that I don't have the cars ready. I don't have them able to drive, you know, drive to work, do all the things I want to do with them. And, and it's, it's just life. I mean, it is, it's just the way life goes. That being said, you know, I started talking to one of my friends about it. I started talking to my wife about it. You know, kind of on the flip side of that, when I get the chance to work on them, when I get the chance to go out to the barn, and of course, I'm working on the barn. I just built it. Uh, John saw pictures before the show. I've got some of the um, vintage lighting in now that I wanted to put in. I'm You know, I'm trying to build the barn I've always dreamt of having, so I'm working on that as well. But when you get the chance to go out and work on the barn or you know, and, and put the things in you want or work on one of the cars and and finally get it roadworthy, that's stress relief for me. To be able to know that I'm going to set Saturday aside and I'm going to go out to the barn and I'm going to crawl under that car and I'm going to rip the brake system off and I'm going to rebuild the brakes and get it ready to go. By the end of the weekend, you know, I'm going to be able to test drive it up and down the driveway. And if that's going well, I'm going to test drive it up and down the road. That means in a week or two, I can go down, get it registered, get it plated, get everything going, be able to drive it. That's that stress release, release or relief, either one. And even though so, even though it's bringing anxiety to me right now, having those cars just sitting, you know, my friend reminded me and John, you know, the friend I'm talking about, they're not complaining. They're sitting out there just waiting. And whether you get to them tomorrow or a week from tomorrow, don't worry about it because you've got it. You're saving it. That's the big thing. We're caretakers of these things. I'm not letting it sit in a field and rot. I'm. It's in a barn. It's safe. I'm keeping care of it. Even if it's not on the road driving, You know, I am taking care of that car when I'm the caretaker of it. It will wait. It's not upset. And I just have to remember that. It causes anxiety and stress. But you know, when I get the chance to get out there and work on it, and even just going out to the barn and seeing those cars puts a smile on my face. I try to go out there every night, every car that runs, you know, that is in, in the position where I've got a battery in it, I can start it and let it warm up. I usually try to do that with every car most nights of the week, just because even if it's five or 10 minutes while the car warms up, it puts a smile on my face and it relieves stress. So that's that's a big thing for me.
1: You know, and, and it, it really is. Uh, and sometimes it's not even a toy car. You know, a couple of years ago, I bought that Mazda 5 and I enjoyed going out there and, you know, putting the new front brakes on it and, you know, changing out um, control arms and a few things. Just getting out there and getting dirty and doing something that for some odd reason enjoyable Go back, to, and it just—I mean, even to me, s- simple, stupid, mundane tasks. Back when I had my uh, Boxster, I had to change the oil air separator, which is an expensive job to have a Porsche guy do, but it's like a hundred and fifty-dollar part and takes you a few hours and a couple of cool pliers, um, a couple of cool cool pair of pliers. Let me speak English, sort of, kind of. And I, when I was doing that, it took a couple of days to do it, and I didn't have a lift, and it was it was difficult. But it was fun to do. I'm enjoying getting back to maybe having, like I said, having that fun. You know, right now I drive the mundane car. You know, she's got a cool, cool Cadillac we've never really talked about on the show. I really wish I would have found it because she bought it a month after I bought my car. But it's just, you know, they're neat things to have and to talk about. I'm not quite like Derek. I really enjoy driving and playing with them and not necessarily as much working on them. But there is that. They do provide that break from the monotony, as long as your monotony isn't working on cars. They bring relief in so many different ways. And I'm on various Facebook groups, and uh, one of the the, I'm going to say the only reason I have a desire to own a Mini Cooper in this world is the people in the Mini Club, because of the people, you know, and the people they bring and the the enthusiasm, a lot of Mini owners have for their cars. Maintenance nightmares, horribly expensive to fix, unreliable as any BMW on the planet. You know, to me, I wouldn't recommend you buying them. But the people are great. You know, ex-girlfriend had one and her daughter now has one. You know, they bought a second one because they're fun cars. And my ex-girlfriend really wasn't a car person, but she enjoyed her Mini. And obviously enough that her daughter has a Mini now. But it's the i've I've said it before. It's been a long time since I've said it on the podcast. It's the things cars do to you. Um, they the Viper Club, the Porsche Club says it, and other clubs do say it. The cars bring you together. The people get you coming back. And it's just that thing about cars. It makes all of us equal. if you go to if you go to a lot of the, and I'm not going to say everyone because there are the pretentious asses out there in the world. But you can walk up to a lot of guys that own Lamborghinis. They're car people. You can definitely walk up to a lot of guys that own Porsches because they're, you know, they're car people and Ferraris. And they're, you know, there they are the arseholes as um, Johnny Dangerously or, or Joe Pesci would say in Johnny Dangerously. But <laughs> they um, it's great. I mean, I enjoy the social aspect of, of cars. Derek enjoys the driving, the touring, the working on them, and I'm sure some of the social aspects. That's why he, you know, he has kind of the job he has. I'm sure there's a, I'm, I'm putting words in Derek's mouth. I'm sure there's some enjoyment in that. That's one reason I enjoyed being at the museum. That was the best part is being able to talk about the cars and meeting the various car people. I've got some lifelong friends. From my time, you know, at barbers and my previous jobs of car people, because of the cars, they're just and it's always nice to sit down and and relax. Yeah, we might reminisce and bitch about the old job, but we we do get talking about the cars and the things and the experiences, or even the things they've taught us.
0: The cuss words are slinging tonight, John. Arsehole and. Jeez. Anyway.
1: I don't think I've said a real cuss word yet.
0: Uh, you just used bitching.
1: Bitching rides. That's not a cuss word.
0: Oh, all right. All right. Well, you know, anyway. Um, no, I agree. I mean, I, a big part of it is the social, uh, you know, and, and in the Corvette world, um, they have the same saying, which is, you know, you come for the car, you stay for the people. And, and I think that's pretty general in the car world. Across the board. Old Car Festival, in my opinion, one of one of my favorite shows out of the year, Greenfield Village up at the Henry Ford. It's about the people. I mean, yeah, yeah you've got between six and 900 antique cars there, but it's the people that make that show what it is. The people that are driving their cars around. Somebody asks them a question. I mean, yeah, there's a few people there that are like, eh, you know, don't look at my car, don't touch my car, whatever. But the majority of the people there, if you get talking to a visitor that just stumbles upon the village that day or comes to see what's going on, either that adult that's there or the kid that's with them is there and they're like, oh, this is amazing. And you see this car owner be like, hey, you want to go for a ride? It makes the day. I mean, it just it makes the visitors day. That's what it's about. It's, it is about that social aspect. Um, I mean, yeah. Is it fun to have the cars and have them in the barn and go out there at night and look at them? Yeah. But when you drive them and you get the looks and you get people waving you down and stopping you, or you go to the store and people see it in the parking lot and they wait for you because they want to talk to you. Yeah. And I mean, that's how we've, I'm sure John's done. It's how I've made friends. I mean, one of the, one of the car guys I know down here in the the Kentucky area is simply because I was driving one day and happened to see a Franklin sedan parked at Dairy Queen, and I stopped and pulled into the parking lot, and I waited till the people came out that were going ge- to be getting in it, and I introduced myself and started talking to him. Sure enough, we actually kind of knew each other through Facebook. I never knew that the guy lived 30 minutes from me. But we'd commented on the same posts. We'd back and forth bantered a bit, um, not knowing who each other were, just happened to run into him at Dairy Queen. And it was, you know, it was the car that brought us together. But now we talk regularly and, you know, try to see, you know, go over to his shop or I, he stops by here occasionally. That's what it's about, you know, and that's stress release, too. You know, You and John, like you said, it is. Part of the reason I love the job—it's—we talked about this the last time we recorded, and I talked about you know my thoughts on having passion for the profession that you go into, because the passion is what drives you and and motivates you. Uh, my passion is teaching people about automotive history. In general, I mean, even at the Corvette Museum, Corvette history, I mean, people, you know, we have the a few naysayers, you know, and, and we've talked about it on the show before that, you know, I caught some flack for bringing a 55 Ford Thunderbird into the museum because into the collection, not just on loan, not, you know, just for a special exhibit into the collection, permanent collection of the museum because it was competition to the Corvette and it actually helped save Corvette. You know The next exhibit we're doing is called Corvette Powered. There's not a single Corvette in the exhibit, but there's Corvette engines in every vehicle that is in the exhibit. There's, ESO, there's an Iso Grifo coming. There's an Iso Lele. There's two Bizzarini's coming. There's an Excalibur. There's an Avante two. And am I going to catch flack for it? Yeah, because they're not Corvettes. But they are important to Corvette history because it tells a whole side of the significance of the small block Chevy engine and its development and how important it has been in the automotive world. I mean, yeah, street rodders and hot rodders use it all the time. And yeah, we're bringing in a, you know, a car built by Chip Foose, which Will's still mad at me about. You know, There were production companies, Italian production companies, striking deals with Ed Cole and Bucky Knudsen to get small block Chevys out of Corvettes. So they could put them in ESOs and Bitsarini's and all of these Italian GT cars. Gordon Keeble in England was doing it. It's it's my passion. to, And I, you know that when I walk through that exhibit and I see people reading and looking, I'm going to stop and talk to them because that's what it's about. It's about talking to people. And if there's an interest, they want to know more. And it's a conversation starter. And you never know the friend you're going to make. You know, I've I've met. So many people just stopping and talking. And it's interesting at the the Corvette Museum, you know, a number of people from Michigan, and I grew up in Michigan, so we always have that connection as well. You know, it's it's just fun.
1: I had mentioned a friend of mine that recently took delivery of it his c eight up at the Corvette Museum, had the factory delivery. And you know, you pick the you pick that up kind of right outside your office. And he was there, and he took his pictures, and he had a, I think he, like I said, I think he posted 150 pictures of, of his day at the museum. And one of the pictures, I didn't go through all 150, but one of the pictures has the Corvette, and I, I can't remember, the 83 Corvette or something, and then there's a Viper right next to a ZR1 or something. And, yep. and I really, really wanted to comment to him, what did you think of the Viper? you know kind of saying it jokingly because for some reason he's not he's not a listener to the podcast and so he wasn't aware that with a call you could even take in a little bit more special delivery uh possibly it's it's to me it's interesting to see that because you know when I visited the Corvette Museum originally it was prior to Derek's tenure and everything's a Corvette and it's kind of why I Quit going to Bloomington Gold. Everything's a Corvette. You want that experience. You want that learning thing. You want that different point of view. I guess there are hundred percent live and die by their Corvette people. As you know, I kind of was that way with a Lotus. Live and die by your Lotus. And you know, like I said a few episodes ago, I had have just about every little piece of Lotus swag that you could have, and most of it's for sale right now. As hobbies change and focuses change and storage changes, but. I really don't know how to say it it's just, other than, you know, cars are fun and no matter how you've experienced it, we had um the gentleman from Storyteller Overland on at the very beginning of the year and that goes back to the RVing thing and these are people that, you know, they're not driving the the vintage, you know, brass era cars. They're not driving the street rods, but they're getting these bulky semi-off-road RVs to have fun and do excursion and to see things and yeah, it's, cool to go way off the beaten track trail or beaten path and experience that but there's I'm, i've known a couple of these people that have bought the storytellers and the earth roamers and part of it is the fact that owning the vehicle it's a cool vehicle and people want to talk to you about it you know there there's a reason lamborghinis don't come in the everyday colors that Honda's do. Yeah, you can you can buy a Lamborghini in any color, but there's a reason there's a lot of fluorescent ones and bright greens and because they want to be seen. And they want to be seen and noticed because it may, it, it feeds their ego, and makes them feel good, but sometimes that's also they want you to come talk to them. You, you know, they don't want to be they they don't want to be missed. However it may however it makes you happy if you are that egotistical person who has, you know, the the bright I'm trying not to pick a color of a Lamborghini or my friend's own, but you—you you have that bright purple Lamborghini, or you have the one wrapped in suede. It's
0: oh god, John! A, I <laughs> just—I I just bought a Lamborghini, and it's uh, wrapped in purple suede.
1: Hey. Well, I I knew you were borderline between the C8 and that. So, I'm 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 sorry. If I, if I ever
0: own if I ever own a Lamborghini, it's going to be old man beige just to be that guy.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it it makes you feel good, I'm going to say, coming from somebody who has had an ego and is working like heck to uh Get rid of the ego. It's cool. I loved having my catering because because you couldn't go anywhere without somebody coming up to you and talking to you about your car. And why I loved educating them on the the car and talking about Lotus and the history of catering and how great and fun the car is to drive. And I let a lot of people drive that. I've always let people drive my cars because they're fun. Does it's always fed my ego? There's always been some sort of ego boost there too, which is yeah, narcissistic and self-centered. But when I had my CRXs, you know, people always, why do you like CRXs? Zara asked me that all the time. Why do you love CRXs? Part of the reasons, I reason, I really want to get another one. is shows so she can experience them. But I'd let everybody drive them. I mean, even one day somebody came home and I said, "Uh, uh, "Your car caught on fire. We burnt the clutch up. It's smoking three blocks away." Well. Guess what? It's smoking three blocks away. I went and had another beer. Nothing you can do about it at that point. <laughs> but I love having my ego fed by the cars that I have and the toys that I've had. But i have also just as much gratification letting other people share in that experience and being able to do that. It does upset me every now and then. it did on the way home from um, a stop, a, a call that I had to make today that I couldn't outrun a, an old Sable on like 22-inch rims in my Fusion. And you know, boy, I really wish I had my SHO. That's where I'm at now so that I can have more cool toys in the future. Maybe be able to rent your RV. Uh Preferably in the driveway.
0: I want to. I want to <laughs> I, I, I talk more about this RV thing, John, because I, I need to dig into this. I need to to figure out what has caused this RV mania in John Viviani the second. You know, I feel like you're going to need to get like a Rolls Royce RV or something, just to. And I, I would. I mean, just well, that, being the, the whole, just
1: that's the whole, whole reason is I, I'm I've got my eye on this Rolls Royce Wraith. And I really want to put a trailer hitch on it and and tow around, in, you know, an Airstream base crate camp just because yes. nobody's doing it. It's exactly. somebody, everybody's got wraiths. Nobody's towing around a trailer <laughs> <laughs> with a wraith.
0: But I mean, here's the thing. Like, I'm going to throw it back and be the, that, autom- you know, I'm going to be that guy, that automotive history nerd. Uh, the history of RVing is freaking awesome. I mean, it starts with what are called house cars built on – car chassis i mean you can still see some of them henry ford museum has some house cars uh i brought one into the crawford while i was there uh that was the first a, a house car i
1: ever saw was at the crawford. Yeah.
0: the jordan house car i mean there are some stunning house cars out there and they all that's what starts rving and man it is an interesting history behind it it's cool here in America. I mean, you know, in England, they call it, in the UK, they call it caravanning, and it gets kind of a bad rap over there. But, you know, it's, I think America is unique with RVing because the size of America and the, you know, the things that are able to be seen when you're RVing, you know, the national park system we have is phenomenal. I mean, there's just so much to do to be able to have an RV. And I mean, you're taking your, the reason they called them house cars is because you were basically taking your house with you on a trip.
1: Vanning world of today, the guys that are buying the cargo vans and converting them into, and you know, you can support yourself with a remote job, or you can support yourself if you're lucky with the YouTube channel talking about how you do it because so many people have that desire to do it and they don't have the guts to do it. They don't have the financial ability to do it they carry too much debt and they won't be able to do it. I'll be, uh, here's, here's a hundred percent honesty. And this is, this is getting very deep for no driving gloves into the personal life of (laughs) JLV2 here. I've always had a goal in my life to retire at 55 and with things I've done, it's probably not going to happen. And for me, retiring at 55 was to have a nice house somewhere in Tennessee or something, you know, a cabin in the woods, at a Prevost that I could get in anytime and I could travel to whatever Marriott I wanted, take all the time I want in the world to see the country. Well, John doesn't have Prevost money right now. Donations can be accepted. as uh, Buy me coffee a couple hundred thousand times, but go ahead and buy us a coffee and contribute to that. And I'm sitting here as I'm fearful of turning 50 and going, you know, looking at my life and looking at you know, Zara's life and, you know, where her kids are age-wise and that. I'm going, you know, in four or five years, it might not be the Prevost, but if my podcast online business works out and things like that, maybe I can buy a small RV and, you know, a small van or something and travel the country for a year and go visit all these people I know and see all these places I want on my schedule. Whether or not it happens, I don't know. could be just John at 50 having his midlife crisis. But it's been, I used to listen to a radio DJ, and if any of you from Illinois know, Spike O'Dell. Uh, He used to be a security guard. My grandfather remembers him from the early 80s, passing by him at International Harvester. He was a guard at International Harvester, got a break, became a pretty good radio DJ in the Quad Cities. He then got a job offer from WGN Radio. And he was the daytime WGN radio host from the mid 80s to the early 90s till the morning guy passed away. And he got that job. And he kept that job until the day before he turned 55. And the day he turned 55, he retired. Perfectly good health, everything disappeared. He does have a Facebook page. And I think he's at his 5000 friend limit finally. He's got a place in Kentucky and he's doing exactly what I always fantasized about doing. And that's where the 55 came in, you know, he, and that's where I've been since oh, probably my early 30s. And that's been a goal. And that's where the RVing has come in. And it's always been one of those things I've paid attention to on the back burner. But as I have also said, 15 years ago, it was really cool to retire and buy a vineyard. Now, right now, it's really cool to retire and do do exactly what I just explained, except I don't want to do it when I'm 65. Uh, I, I want to do it now. I'll worry about paying for my 70s when I'm in my 70s. It,
0: it might not be a Prevost, but it might be a Winnebago.
1: I watched a really cool uh, VinWiki about a guy that bought one of the... Uh, Seventy four to seventy nine, or was it seventy five to seventy nine? GMC motorhomes he, he wanted the oh, short one. Oh yeah.
0: And I just was it, was it was it orange? Yes, it was. Most most of them were the orange color. Yeah.
1: No, most of them were that beige or whatever. But he bought the he bought the orange one, and he told a story. Just we, go to Vin Wiki. It's a recent. I got to look it up.
0: I thought most of them were it's, orange. Most of them were beige. But, I don't yeah, I, he, I you know it seems he like all I, his, I seen are the orange ones.
1: And he called his Orange Julius and, you know, he tells you the story of how he got it and bought it out of Maryland and things like that. That one always brings back memories to me because of the movie Stripes. And it was the um, armored assault vehicle that they had in Stripes that converted to, you know, bulletproof windows and everything. And I just saw a picture of that on. It was really funny. It was a Facebook page. It might have been. Um, unique cars or something. And a guy was going through like Nevada, a junkyard in Nevada. And there was a police car from Back to the Future there. And there was the Suck 6000 from Judge Dredd. Maybe it was RoboCop. And in the background was the armored assault vehicle. And what's funny is the Suck 6000 and this police vehicle, the Valleydale police car, were just on display in 2019 at the Peterson. Now they're sitting in the desert, rotting away. But- You know, there's always those things. And go back to the 80s and going through Automobile Magazine because I knew it was the bound cover. And in the back, there was always an ad for the Vixen motorhome. $20,000, $30,000, BMW-powered, garageable. I've always wanted a Vixen, no matter what. I've just always wanted a Vixen. And there used to be one that lived just a half mile from my house before my most recent move, but it moved before I moved, but I just love the Vixens. So th- there's always been that thing in the back of my head that I enjoy the fantasy, but keep in mind, John's fished one day in his life. John's camped outside one day in his life. <laughs> John hates the outdoors. John has her- horrible allergies. If I do it, it's going to be Walmart parking lots <laughs> and the occasional hotel stay.
0: Honestly, what I took from that whole uh, uh you know spiel you just laid out was you like saying the word vixen and fantasy.
1: <laughs> Didn't they have a song, Vixen? I can't remember. Uh, p-
0: probably. <laughs> I mean, I don't <sighs> got All me now. We're, we're now we're dangerous. moving into music. That's going to be a dangerous road.
1: <laughs> Introduces Balvini to the show.
0: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So what we've learned is Glenn Lobbitt and Belvini are not compatible with no driving gloves. Yeah, I mean, I think, but I think that's what am I trying to say here? I think that's what it all comes down to is is enjoying life, you know, having fun while we're doing things and. Yeah, you know, uh, John, you have this retirement goal in head, and yeah, you know, one of the things it was interesting as you were talking about that. One of the things that came into my mind was another conversation I had, which was, you know, I I, I questioned owning the cars that I have um, because of the anxiety they put in my life. Not not being roadworthy right now because I just I haven't had the time on a couple things to to make sure the Lloyd is roadworthy, to make sure these things are done. You know I started thinking well, why why do I have this stress? Why do I have this anxiety? why why do I own the cars? Well, the reason I own the cars is because I get them now and in the next year or so, you know, I mean I have a goal that by the end of this year, I'm driving a majority of the cars back and forth to work. That is that is a goal that before the end of this year, the majority of the cars in the collection are roadworthy, plated, tagged, registered, insured, ready to go it came down to me realizing and, and me really thinking hard that a lot of people wait until retirement to do this you know and and all too often and you know i don't i i don't want to you know sound like some kind of you know pessimistic or you know some guy that's only looking at the the bad side of life but all too often I I see too many people that they wait till retirement to do something, they retire. And in a year or two, they pass away a heart attack or, or something. And this isn't a medical show, but we can, you know, you can look at the statistics for males and heart attacks and, you know, dying early and all of that.
1: Well, there's the, there's the meme that's going around Facebook. I'm seeing it quite often recently that says, you know, we retire at 67, the average lifespan, 78. Right. So you work, you know, 48 years or 58 years to enjoy 11. Yeah. We, we, we've we got to quit that. And Americans are yeah. the only people that really do that. I mean, we can get in the we retirement are. and the, the way we work and things we do in this country, but I don't think I want to take no driving gloves down that yeah. that route. You know, and but, I've, and, I've always... It's, I,
0: it's where I'm going, John, which is the reason I the reason I have the cars now and the reason I'm doing what I do is I don't want to wait till retirement. I don't want to wait until I'm 60, 65 to take a week. You know, I'd rather take when I have the cars ready, I want to take two weeks off work and I want to go to the Willis-Overland Night Registry, meet national meet and drive my car on the tours and hang out with people. I want to go to one of the Chrysler meets and I want to hang out with people and I want to drive for a week in my car, in in the antique car and have a blast. And going back to what this show is about, take that week or two weeks off work, have fun and de-stress. That is why I'm not waiting till retirement.
1: I'm totally in agreement with you. Everything you've said. I always joked with people at the Barber Museum when I was showing people around in that, that I'm living and getting paid to do other people's retirement. People wait till they're 65 and they retire and they restore cars. I got paid to do it, and I'm not being arrogant or not trying, intending to be arrogant. I got paid to do it for 30 years and got paid reasonably well. And because of that, I got to enjoy... Other things, I remember, and and this is a good example of what Derek's pointing out, friend of mine, perfect health, bicycling, just finished a competitive race, had a heart attack and died. He wasn't even 40 years old. But why I bring that up, we were walking into dinner one night, a group of us car guys, we were all on the, um, uh, actually, I think I had just been elected president of the car club, and the only reason I agreed to run is because he agreed to be vice president or he was vice president, whatever, because uh, see passed away shortly thereafter. But he said, hey, you've got to realize you're not even 40 and you you own a Porsche. Some people work their entire lives for a Porsche and don't have it. I am not the person to take financial advice from. See, previous statement that I won't have a previous <laughs> at 55. I could have, but <laughs> I am not the person to take financial advice from, but I'm a person who has used cars to enjoy myself. And when I left you know, left barbers that was to get back to enjoying myself and people sometimes question what I'm doing now. And this isn't a John let's give the listener therapy show either, but it's, uh, it's again brought myself up or I've taught myself, I'm not stressing over everything. Things will work themselves out. They've always had, have, I'm one of those people that knock on wood. They've always worked out for me. No, no matter how bad it's gotten, there's always been a good side around the corner. And it's gotten pretty bad. I'm not saying I've never been homeless, you know, but it wasn't for a very long period of time. Cars have always been the thing that have brought me back because of the people and the friendships I've made through the automobile. It's just something to think about give, you know, give cars a chance. I mean, and some of the, the episode's gotten pretty dark. uh, This episode's gotten pretty jovial. It's gotten light, but as Derek says, and I say, cars are fun and they really, they are a stress reliever. They are a way, I mean, they're a way to even focus anger. I, I was, I was as stressed as I have been in probably the last three years coming home yesterday um, I am doing a little side gig because podcasting is not supporting me. And yesterday was kind of the first day. It wasn't a great day. And I was saying to myself, man, I really wish I had my Porsche convertible again because I need to go for a drive and I need to shift gears. And even the SHO wouldn't have done it for me or any of that. I needed the manual transmission in the convertible. I really needed that. But but it w- again, it would have been nice with the co- you know cool evening we had in Alabama last night to To do that. That was that was a sense of relief that I was longing that I wasn't able to do. Cars, I, I don't know. There's got to be some little acronym in there or something, but...
0: We, we needed to figure that out before the scotch, John. We needed well, to figure out that acronym before well, I, the scotch. I was just
1: going to say, and, I, and I'm going to end the show here because after you say this, people will turn off... Nickelback has some sort of song about tomorrow not being guaranteed... And I think that's where it is. Have fun now. Do the car stuff. You know, do it responsibly. Like I said, there's a reason there's not a prevost in my future. Unless you send me a winning lottery ticket along with that RV you're going to lend me for a week. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but um, I don't know if we talked about cars tonight, but I think we talked about happiness surrounding cars.
0: We talked about life, John. We talked about life.
1: But that's not what this podcast is. Should we start over and talk nah, about crap. cars now? Remember when we used to talk about Zambonis? Okay. Have, you, have you seen what Tesla's done lately? <laughs> Which, rem- come rem- to think of it, I was watching <laughs> oh, something God. right before the pod- <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and um, I saw an ad for the new Hummer. I really, really like that new Hummer. And it said, you know, put a deposit down. And
0: it, it's it looks good.
1: I could put a a thousand bucks down on a Hummer and say I've got it ordered. I don't think I'd ever pay a hundred grand for it, at least with economics the way they are right now. I mean, economics, not income, just, you know, I don't know if it's, but I really like what General Motors is doing with a Hummer. I really think that's going to be a big step forward in electrical vehicles or electric Mm -hmm. vehicles, uh, just with you know somebody said to me the other day is it it was actually a facebook comment that they said this would be really great with an lsx in it why cuz you're going to lose all the advantages that this truck has by being electrically powered and i'm not talking about the environmental concerns cuz god knows hummer doesn't care about the environment but you put the gasoline motor in there you lose the 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 sp- split torque and the wheel slips and everything else and, and we'll talk about that that vehicle in depth one well, one of our electric shows, but here we go. I'm out of here. I'm out of Slamming here for tonight, them. Derek. You can keep talking. I'll turn off the recorder when you're quiet. But I'm done. As
0: as <laughs> I said, do you remember when we used to talk about zambonis? Because that was fun.
1: <laughs> nah, that was a cool time.
0: <laughs> All right. Good night, John.
1: Good night. Thank you for listening, and remember to look us up at NoDragonGloves dot there you can find back episodes, links to products we recommend, and links to all of our social media. Be sure to tell a friend about us. No Driving Gloves is edited and produced by J. Productions.